Halloween season, <laughs> dummies. <laughs> That's right, all you witches and goblins living on the freeway. It's Weird Vibes Podcast, and that's our dog, getting scared by the chainsaw. He's, it's a spooky season, it's okay. He's here to protect us. Here, I'm going to set this down really yeah. quick. <laughs> Halloween. So this is Halloween week one. What's Halloween, Dana? Uh, you're getting weird for Halloween with us, with a bunch of Halloween movies, all month long. So we're going to try to do a weekly podcast, all month, um... Just kind of chronicling all the movies we watch. We're watching way more horror movies than we even want to. Okay, I feel like that's a lie because this might be like the most thorough documenting of it, but this isn't really that many more movies than we normally watch at all. That's true. (laughs) But horror movies specifically, we do do season out with like a lot of Bob's Burgers and like lighthearted stuff to get over that, which I do want to touch on a few of those later. Oh, definitely. I'll catch up with that. Yeah, but honestly, we have a lot to get to. Halloween mm-hmm. week one. Dana, what's the first movie we're talking about? Um, You want to start beginning? We're going to start right at the top, Devil's Rejects. That's what I came home to you watching, and that might be the most recent, but we're going to just go from there. Oh, man, I love the, the Devil's, Devil's Rejects. Rejects. <laughs> I, um, I, this year, because, I mean, obviously it's a movie I've seen a lot, I really, really like Bob Zombie. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh man, I uh, the commentaries on those movies haven't aged particularly well. They are awful. I had to turn it off on Devil's Rejects. We ended up watching the whole thing on um, House of a Thousand Corpses. I'll play some of those for you later. But um, <laughs> those are so bad. I don't know. I my the most intense memory I have concerning um, the Devil's Rejects is when it came out. I was telling you, I was telling somebody about it last night of taking two my two friends to see it and then both just leaving the theater in tears. <laughs> and I left the theater in tears because I was laughing so hard, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, the free bird at the end. Like, I, I was so just into this movie and apparently it disturbs some people. Yeah, it does. It was just really funny to think of considering how much you just like tout it's. This is probably one of your favorite movies, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that you already know that, but it is definitely one that you talk about a lot. Before we get too much into it, what I would like to do is I'm going to just preface that I'm going to list the movies that we're going to go over in general, and then I want to preface that I have two questions that I want to ask you about each movie. Okay. If that's cool. So I'm going to, so The Devil's Rejects, and then there's a little bit of a theme. There's a House of a Thousand Corpses, um, What We Do in the Shadows, Cabin in the Woods, Creep Show, uh, Trick or Treat, Idle Hands. That's my that's my movie. Yeah, that was what we started with. Yeah. Um, Dead Heat and the original Adams Family. Not the original, but the Adams Family movie. From the early nineties. From the early nineties. Um, also, uh, honorable mention on here is Are We Not Cats? Because Sam watched that without me. That was one of those movies that uh, was too gross for me, and he. Like, I literally requested to not hear about it because it just looked like it was really gross. It's literally the grossest movie I've ever seen, and you're about to hear about it on the air, so you're you're ready. Get my gag reflex ready. Um, The other honorable mention that I actually haven't even told you about is Over the Garden Wall, which... I'm so bummed out that I didn't find out about that show earlier. That was a great show. So it's not a movie, but that one our friend Amy over at Empire's Comics told us about, and... um, I would like to just mention it because it was a recommendation just to like watch in the fall, and it's such a good recommendation. You can we've like, already watched it twice. <laughs> you can like smell the dry leaves 
through the TV. Yeah. It just it's so it's everything perfect. fall represents. I love it so much. Yeah. It gets you so much in the mood to just be in this time of year. Yeah, it's very cozy and just hilarious also. It's a really good show. So um I don't want to detract too much though. Back to the Devil's Rejects. Would you say that like the like the ending freebird scene is your favorite or like when things like kind of escalate right there in the in the middle to last third? You know, I really, really, really like the end of that movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely kind of a recovering edgelord. I'm still <laughs> kind of an edgelord, you know? Um, <laughs> I always thought that ending was super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the whole movie, but rewatching it, there's a certain, there's certain parts of it that just get oppressive as, like, an yeah. adult adult. There's just so much going on at once. It's an intense movie. I don't know. It just, that part just breathes so much. And the scene is so long. Like, we were talking about earlier. Like, he obviously committed to it. In the commentary, he was talking about how he spent most of the budget for the movie on the helicopter scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just to actually pay to get the rights to Freebird, you actually really had to commit to it. And I think it really shows. that. Like, you can say a lot of things about Rob Zombie. I'm an apologist for him. Um... That that last scene is good, no yeah, matter what yeah. you think. Well, plus another thing that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about it was that um, it was before drones were really like a big popular thing, and the scenes that he shot for that are they're easy now if you have a drone. But I mean, any and it would still take skill to get the type of shots that he got, and it was before any of that. So it's honestly like it's. I love that last scene. I remember kind of watching that with you the first time and being like, kind of like, oh my god, this is like so intensely a Sam movie. And then mm-hmm. that last scene coming up and me being like, wait, I think I might love this. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think I might get this, dude. And it was just like a really like subtle change for me. But that last scene does stand up for sure. Oh, it's great. What about you? Do you have a favorite scene from that movie? I know you like the mom. I do. Um, I know it's like a little graphic, but we were talking earlier about her like death scene, Mama Firefly. Those two scenes, her two interrogation scenes, yeah, by Sheriff Wydell are really good. Yeah, we'll get ya. Yeah, I think that is just just their. Uh, I know they're obviously like the you're not supposed to be rooting for them, but their resilience as like a family unit is honestly <laughs> really cool. So I always like kind of like that about the movie. Um, why is this one of your favorite movies? Um, I think it was the time and place I saw it okay. kind of informed a lot of my aesthetic aesthetics that I enjoy now. I like how over the top it is. I like how much how much it's paying homage to different things. Okay. It's almost like an episode of The Simpsons, but horror, to where you're kind of getting schooled on pop culture you don't know about through this, like, other piece of pop culture. That's a good point. Okay. I, I really like... So, it's probably for the same reason people hate it. I really like the chances it takes artistically. It's just strange. Yeah. And I... I like 31. I like... I like yeah. all of Rob Zombie's movies, so I just... I just like the way he makes visual art a lot. Yeah, honestly, and that's the thing too, is like it wasn't something that I necessarily had like a taste for before, but I feel like there's a lot of things like that that I, that you that your perspective helped me understand better and helped me understand that these were like intentional statements made by these artists and it wasn't that like oh, this is something is like oh, this is something I don't like. Like I don't like how it makes me feel like, you know, like 
Captain Spaulding's like first scene in the gas station in um, not in this. I think it, that's House of the Thousand. Is that House of the Thousand Corpses? He has a scene in the beginning in a gas station and both. Oh, okay. Well, then... In one he's selling chicken and in one he tells the kid, don't you like fucking clowns? That one. I'm talking about don't you like fucking clowns. That's how... The... I mean, oh my gosh. That's a devil's reject. Yeah. Sorry. So in... Um... <laughs> I don't remember why I asked, but I just remember like even in that scene, like kind of thinking like the grossness that you kind of feel when you're in that gas station. Then learning after like your like the things that you've like taught me about like horror movies, I feel like then learning that that's all very intentional and you're supposed to be made to like feel certain ways with it and that those are all like artistic moves. I feel like kind of made me understand that this was genius. It wasn't gross. It was genius. So yeah. I think that's the thing is it all comes in stride and I think everything has its place. But I what I appreciate about people who can like contribute like this to arts and like put their put their vision forward is that no matter what you're going to see something that's like different from somebody else's perspective. And like, I might not agree with Rob Zombie on a lot of things, but I like that he's willing to just show his perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Bob Zombie's definitely a try hard. (laughs) Like he's, Definitely a try hard, but sometimes trying hard gets you somewhere. Trying hard is what you're supposed to be doing, I guess. When it's not good, it's super cringy, but when it's good, it's some of my favorite shit on the planet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, second question. Um, What kind of horror fan would you recommend The Devil's Rejects to? I mean, I'm sure I feel like this is one of those entry ones that, like, a lot of people, like, would watch, but what kind of horror fan would you recommend this to? Like a 14-year-old edgelord. That's like, exactly, like, <laughs> right, like, a, like a 14-year-old that wears a lot of black armor, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, I mean, everyone loves this movie, but I mean, as you grow up, I mean, if I saw this movie as an adult, I don't know if I'd have the same just adoration for this movie. Like, I saw it as, like, an edgy, moody teen, and yes. I loved it. And I also just realized we didn't really give... Should we give a synopsis? Because I feel like this is like kind of like a known movie, but is this something that you want to go over in detail? But I feel like, Just kind of go over why we like them and, and yeah. recommend them to watch. Because I do feel like you should... If you haven't seen The Devil's Rejects, especially around Halloween time, this is something you want to see. Yeah, I mean, just in, <laughs> in short, I guess, it's the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it follows Captain Spaulding and... Um, Baby and Otis while they're on the run. Um, the brother of the original policeman is hunting them down. And it's kind of just like a road trip movie. That was yeah. kind of what I was picking yeah, up on last night. Is. How much I, I forgot, like, how much it's like a buddy road trip movie yeah. <laughs> between Captain Spaulding, Otis, and Baby. Yeah, that's it's true. It's so funny. Yeah, I think that's what I like about it, too, is it's almost just, like, more campy in the sense that, like, it's almost secondarily a horror movie. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. 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 But I feel like a lot of his movies are like that. And like they're like more statements than they are horror movies first. And they just happen to be in the vehicle of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's actually a great segue because the next one I wanted to talk about was House of a Thousand Corpses, which is the original. Oh, man. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> My original love. Your baby. I love that movie growing up. I still (laughs) love that movie. I love that it's basically just a 90-minute music video. Like, yeah, there's a a story and all that, but I mean, it's all over-the-top aesthetics. It's all, like, set design over even acting. It all works (laughs) so well, and I love House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it is. It's, like, a really great, just, like... 
not even statement piece. It's like a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it just, it has its own aesthetic. It is its own statement. It's not a statement piece. It, it like creates an aesthetic in itself. And I feel like that's just kind of like Rob Zombie's vibe in general and why I can look the other way in a lot of the other things I don't like about him is you kind of realize like, oh, you like created an aesthetic. Oh, except I'm about to hear some shit that I... So, watching this movie <laughs> this year, we decided to throw on the old commentary. And as surprisingly well as the movies have aged, the commentary Ooh. aged like dog shit. Yeah. It's painful and it's problematic um, I'm just gonna let Bob speak for himself. Yeah, Bob, you you speak up for yourself. Here's the first one concerning his female actors. And we introduced their girlfriends, who uh, I didn't really realize it at the time so much, but I guess they are pretty annoying, and no one really <laughs> cared that they died because they were like, "Well, those girls are so bitchy; they deserve to die." So I don't know if this last time. So there's that. <laughs> In case you didn't hear that last part, it was, yeah, and then we realized that uh, those girls were so bitchy that nobody would care if they died. Speaking of the actors and probably the roles that they were playing in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one's just weird. <laughs> this one made me laugh super hard. Is this the gay one? Yeah. yeah I just one. don't understand where he's coming from. And I've seen this movie probably more times than Rob Zombie's seen this movie. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, this one's weird. This is when, um, what, is it Rain Wilson? Mm-hmm. Rain Wilson, um, Dwight from The Office, when he's talking to Captain Spaulding at the beginning of the movie. Um, let me open my phone back up. So here's, um, Rob Zombie on that. But coming up is a, a scene that I find funny because if you, if you really watch it, it appears that Bill is flirting with Captain Spaulding in some bizarre way. Spaulding obviously wants to do nothing other than hurt him. But the way uh, Bill keeps tilting his head, it's like he's trying to be coy. I remember uh, the night where we were shooting this, it was sort of like creeping me out. I don't know if there's an underlying thing that Bill is actually gay and has a thing for clowns, but I don't know. Definitely was uh, wrong. Wrong. That's the part that gets me is when he goes, it was definitely, uh, wrong. Coy-ass Bill. <laughs> it's just too much for me. So I have one last, just, little cherry on top. <laughs> this one's glorious. Um, alright, take it away, Bob. We just filmed it with all these, uh, you know, we hired these weird extras, and none of them seemed to speak English, and we had a hell of a time because they all wanted to look directly into the lens at all times. So it sort of felt like we were actually filming actual mental patients most of the time. Aww. So that one, honestly, like, that one makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. it's upsetting. Yeah. And that, like, that's the thing is, am I vouching for this movie anymore? I don't know, dude. Rob Zombie's opinions, I don't know if they've aged that fantastically. Mm -mm. Um, Those audio clips were really unsettling to hear. And it wasn't, this. these were the three that kind of almost, I don't want to say made the cut, but there were many, many terrible ones that just made me so uncomfortable we didn't want to play them on air. Oh, I have about ten. We just don't have time to play them. Yeah, it's. It gets and it's just douchey-ass early 2000s rock star Rob Zombie. 
But I think it's just more of, like, a statement of that's where we were then. Yeah, I, that's the thing, too, is I do want to underline that, like, I don't think it's a statement on him being a terrible person. I think who we were right before, the, the, like, the interconnectedness of social media, I think a lot of us said a lot of weird, ugly shit that we didn't realize was, like, weird and ugly. And, like, I they're, like PC culture has a place, and I don't really want too much of it. But there are other things, too, that have been filtered out, like those conversations that he's trying to have that kind of almost, like, I don't know. Are you? Are, it not, just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, not the, like, are you okay with it? But I feel like he's not like that anymore. Or that he's... That was just, like, the standard amount of, like, ignorance from early 2000s. I think he's just an edgelord. Okay. He's All an right. edgelord making movies for edgelords. Edgelords. Speaking of edgelords, uh, you want to talk about what we do in the shadows? Creepy paper. Creepy paper. I know that's from the series, but that's my favorite thing on the planet right now. I've been quoting that so much. So, um, this is technically our movie list, so we're talking about the What We Do in the Shadows movie, which was the first thing to come out, um, but creepy paper that we keep saying is from the series that's on, is it on Netflix? I think it was on FX. Yeah, it's, um, it's good. I believe the werewolf slut. I believe the werewolf slut. (laughs) Man, Thank what you. what can we even say about what we do in the shadows? It's, it's really goddamn um, funny. If you liked Flight of the Conchords, it's um it's absurdist. It's not really scary, but obviously like there's still gore in it because there's vampires and there's blood. Um, and, and honestly, even like the old vampire is it Peter? Is that Peter? Peter yeah, yeah Peter Nosferatu. is scary looking. He's yeah. like a Nosferatu vampire. He's terrifying. His teeth are. Horrific. Um, which we do have a question later about this fine line between, like, kind of campy and kind of, like, actually scary horror movies. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But um, what we do in the shadows, I feel like, qualifies as horror because of the topic that it covers. But it is much more of a comedy. But there's, I mean, there's so much real gore in it. I've watched it with a few <laughs> people who don't get down with horror at all. Yeah. And the horror scenes really affect them. Well, the thing is, too, is I forget about the, um, even the, like, your busgetti is worse. Like, when he, <laughs> when he does that, like, that is a disgusting scene that, like, I'm only okay with because, like, oh, I've seen it more than once and I know nobody, like, there's not, like, worms in anybody's mouth or anything. You know what I mean? There's just, like, little things like that that are actually very gross and very creepy, mm-hmm. but that they kind of get away with because it's so funny, if that makes sense. Like, that movie has strangely... I I think it made its way into my, like, top five movies of all time. What do you mean, strangely? You've always loved this movie. I think I always... Because it's horror comedy, I kind of don't assign it the same weight. Or importance as other movies, maybe. But when I think, every time I watch it, I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies. I love it so much. It's like everything I love combined. You know what I just realized is that everything in our first week is actually pretty campy. Like, I know that Rob Zombie doesn't go for campy. It's, like, very, like, dark, actually. But I think he does go for campy in the sense that it's, like, a specific style. And I'm looking at this whole list, and all of these are, like, stylized in a way where they're, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And they're a little more funny. And um, I'm also starting to wonder, like, you were always a fan of all of these movies on this list. But it also makes me wonder if you have started to lean more towards movies like this because it's also something that I can deal with much more easily. And I think just as I get older, like, I still like the horror stuff, but I mean, if you know me historically, I've kind of liked more, like, hardcore stuff. I Like, I read a lot of splatterpunk. I like 
a lot of like the new wave French stuff from the early two thousands. Like I really like Martyrs. I really like like Frontier. All those type of movies. And I think just as I get older, especially what we do in the shadows, it's really gory. It's really scary, but it's also one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just yeah. be able to walk that line. Just getting older, like having a family, being married. You know, like I don't know. It's just, you don't want to surround yourself with. Maybe the darkest of the dark all the time. Yeah. And I, I totally think stuff like that. this is just a great compromise. And, like, horror comedy really, really, I think, is underrated. Yeah. It's kind of one of my favorite. Just because mm-hmm. I think being in that moment and being kind of really, like, icked out or stressed. In my, in my case, like, I get a lot of, like, very empathetic, like, stress from, like, things. Like, people being hurt in movies. Like, I, it, I, I don't know why, but I just get very, like, cringy about it. Um, it is really nice to be able, like, in that moment to kind of have some comic relief and kind of remember that these are actors, this isn't something happening to somebody, like, and there's a lot of context that I think horror comedy provides that helps us understand why horror even became a genre to begin with. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? like every movie sense. doesn't need to be high tension. Exactly. Like, young Frankenstein rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's the thing, too, is Young Frankenstein is just... Yeah, exactly what you said. I have I have nothing to add to that because that movie is just such a perfect example. Um, what kind of horror fan would you recommend uh, what we do in the shadows to? Honestly, I think it's a, I think <laughs> it's a really good anybody. bridge movie. Okay. I think it's a movie that you show your friend that's not super into horror or that if you have kind of a mixed group of people like taste-wise that oh you throw it on at your halloween party or i know i've watched it with my mom and it's just one of those things of just i think it's a really good bridge because there's so many like heavy duty like real deal comedians that people know yeah in this movie that's true but it's also like as a horror fan i'm definitely satisfied from it because they, they paid attention to a lot of detail in it yeah it is a really good movie that's what i like about it is that it's just Something well-crafted, it doesn't matter if it, like, takes itself too seriously or not. It's the people who did it, like, paid attention and did a good job at yeah. it. So I feel like that's really valuable. Um, why is this one of your favorite movies? I mean, Flight of the Concords was always one of my favorite shows. It just, like, tickles me in a weird <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I always think vampires are kind of lame, to be honest with you. So, like, this kind of gives me, like, my vampire movie outside of, like, Lost Boys and stuff like Uh that. Because I'm, like, I don't... The the whole, like, Anne Rice motif, it's just never quite been my thing. Okay. So, like, I finally have my vampire movie. It's really funny. I, again, I, I love horror comedy. I really like how many homages they're playing. Like, I'm a sucker for all of that. Just, like, all the stuff they're pulling from... That's a good point. Where it's like the whole movie is kind of its own pigeon. Oh, that's true. Where like if you're aware of like the more you're aware of of this like whole subgenre, like the more you're gonna get out of the movie. That's true. I didn't even think about that because they talk a lot about other like vampire media throughout it, mm-hmm. and they all kind of mimic different ideas of different eras of vampires, which I always thought was really funny. Like even Peter being Nosferatu, I just, I just loved him. He was the best. Um, would you like to move on to our next movie? Let's do it, doggy. Let's do it. <laughs> <Jinx>. Our <laughs> our next movie is Cabin in the Woods. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Start it off, dog. Alright, Cabin in the Woods. Every time we revisit that movie, I find something else that I really like about it. Um 
if you don't know the premise of the movie, there are just because of the the nature of the sacrifice that's like being made at the end of the movie, there's like five archetypes um, of, I guess they're supposed to be teenagers, but these are college age kids. So there's the athlete, there's, I think that he's the fool, but he's like basically the stoner of the group. There's mm-hmm. the virgin who's like not really a virgin, but she's like a virginal character and they like make this joke at the end where they're like, yeah, we work with what we got. And I guess that's the joke on like, there are no virgins left in adulthood in 2009, I don't know, 2015. It was a few, few years ago. Um, then there's the, the whore and there's the, he's not the philosopher, but he's the, the other, the brain, like the other friend that came with them who was like super smart, who was on the academic scholarship. And they're sneezy. They're sneezy and dopey. And dopey. <laughs> It's all, and grumpy. There's Don't only five grumpy. of them, right? There's five of them total. Um, so I really like this movie because of that last ten minutes. I feel like I don't know if you haven't seen this movie. There's like a a different like a a cache of different types of horror creatures being kept in this like storage facility, basically that all go out on this like game board, kind of. But it's not a game board. It's just like a part of real. Like, it's like a part of a town. There's a government agency that every year appeases the old gods. <laughs> um, like, H.P. Lovecraft, Cthulhu style. This is an international conspiracy. Yeah, And um, the end of the movie takes place in the offices once all the eventualities have been let loose into these offices. And you just watch all the employees die. Via, like, <laughs> mermen and giant snakes. And, and, like, robots that look like Michael Bay paid for them. So what's, honestly, what's your favorite creature from that movie? The ballerinas with the, the, the teeth faces. The tooth faces. So they had, basically, they were, um, it, I don't even, there isn't even a real creature that I think has teeth like this, but I think that, um, the way that some animals eat, like certain cephalopods eat, I'm not sure, but I think... Just that tube of teeth where it's just like a circle and there's just like row after row after row of teeth. It's these little girl ballerinas. And then instead of faces, they have just a circle, like a spiral of like thousands of teeth. So that, that that's probably my favorite. What's your favorite? <laughs> People always make fun of me. I think I like the big snake. <laughs> that's like, hey, when you think about it, that's so damn scary. It's terrifying. But it's, yeah, it's a giant snake. It's just, literally, it's like an anaconda. It's just wanna, a big snake. Oh, should we watch Anaconda this month? Would that scare you? I don't think Anaconda's a horror movie. Well, I mean, you're scared of big snakes, apparently. Everyone's scared. Are you not? I mean, they're not really real, are they? You, Dana, are you <laughs> looking at me in the face and saying, you don't think big snakes are real? I mean, that big. That's like, it was don't look at me like You that. said, I don't think big snakes are real. That's not what I said. I oh. Okay, anyway, it is really scary. That was a massive snake, and also for a snake that size, it moved really fast. It did. So I will say that that was terrifying. Um, who would you recommend that to? Because I feel like a big thing about all these is that they cross a lot of different genres. So Cabin in the Woods, what kind of horror fan would you recommend it to? Look, I feel like it was kind of the first great horror movie of at least our relationship. Like, (laughs) just a little insight into our lives. Dan and I started dating in 2010. So, like, it, it was... 
I feel like horror really came back. I remember us leaving the theater and just being hyped because yeah. it was so unexpected and it was such a good movie. I think it's a really good kind of like mainstream crossover. Like again, like what we do in the shadows to yeah. where you can kind of show it to anybody. Like, I don't know many people who don't like Cabin in the Woods. Like, so what's interesting about our week one choices is that all of them, you said it earlier too, all of them would play really well in the background of one of our Halloween parties. And they also would all kind of be good introduction movies. Yeah, they were all just kind of the staples that yeah. I really liked without watching all the favorites right at once and just kind of like blowing it all at once yeah. in the first week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Uh, the next one on here, I would like you to talk about this, because I feel like you remember the vignettes a lot better. But I think both of us have trouble, because there's more than we remember. Creepshow is our next movie. Okay, so Creepshow is on here, and just as a caveat, I wanted to <laughs> make sure everyone knew, I want we didn't watch this at home. I wanted to put this on here because our friends at the Gore Lords podcast were super cool, and they put on a fundraiser... Oh, yeah. Um, for so the campfires, fun. like, I'd say three weeks ago, yeah. almost a month ago, um, and they rented out a historic theater in Sacramento and showed Creepshow, and they were nice enough so to let cool. me set up um, my art booth there. And so I just wanted to take a few seconds and the, shout them out, like, the Gore Lords we are love great. You, Lords. They definitely go follow them, listen to them, they're super cool, they're really, really, really good people, the Haunted Homies rule. Um... And, and they, Creepshow was yeah, a really good choice. fucking rules, too. Yeah, that was um, a good choice. <laughs> I feel like my thing with Creepshow is like, it goes on way longer than I... <laughs> and every, like, me and Devin were talking about that. Of like, Jesus, it just keeps going. Yeah. And you think, like, oh, I've seen this movie more times than I can count. What do you mean the whole thing at the end with the, the hypochondriac? Like, that whole last film. Like, vignette? I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I was literally just about to ask you if the Stephen King one was the last one, and I'm pretty sure it's not. I, Joe, what, Jody, Jody, yeah, the Stephen King turning (laughs) into a plant one is everybody's favorite. I believe that's the first one. But yeah, I think of that, I think of the, um, the one of, what's his name, burying the people. (gasps) Leslie Nielsen. Of Leslie Nielsen burying the people. That one is so good. I always think of that one as the last vignette, and that's like halfway through the movie. Yeah, that one's kind of just like, I don't want to call it the peak, but it is. It's like right in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. But I always do this thing, that's why I'm looking it up right now, where I forget a lot of the vignettes. Oh, the one with the the crate under the stairs. Oh, yeah, that's the one I always forget about. I completely blame on that time. one. And I always do this. I'm always like, yeah, it's just the three of them. But there's definitely more than that. There's, it's just, honestly, what I really like about it is that um, it has held up so well. 1982 is when it was released. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just, it still creeps me out. It's George Romero. George Romero George and Stephen King yeah, together. Exactly. It's honestly just a dream team. It holds up super well. Um, I do feel like now that I'm looking at some of these screen grabs of, like, the creepier parts, there are some, like, actual, like, horror-horror movie parts. Who would you recommend this to? I mean, this is just for, like, like real, like, horror heads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I don't think this one is quite as universal as some of the other ones we've been talking about. To me, it seems like it is. Because I'm like, oh yeah, creep show. Everybody loves creep show. No. Everyone I know loves creep show. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think it's more that when you're, 
when you're, I don't want to say established, but I feel like when you're somebody who like truly does love horror for its merits and like knows that the genre can have so much more depth than I think um, you see at first of just like, oh, it's gore and it's monsters and it's Mm -hmm. scary and it's killers, right? When you see past that, I think one of the things that you see is that things like Creepshow have a lot of, um, like this type of kitsch has a lot of art in it and it has a lot of like thoughtful, I don't know, it's funny for me to use that word with Creepshow, but like straight up, that movie's hella cool. There's so many like really good tense moments that are being told really well in Creepshow. Yeah. And even the stories that I remember, like, still really scare me. Well, it's like, I have a few people <laughs> in, like, our lives, I won't bust them out on the air, but I kind of use them as, like, the barometer of, like, oh, would this movie bum this person out? Okay. Or, like, not, like, would it offend them, but, like, would they get scared? Would they get uneasy? Okay, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. When I think about recommending movies, because I'm pretty deep into it. I don't really think about <laughs> stuff being gross or yeah. scary like anymore. Like, trying to be you know? objective like, is a little hard. Yeah, I'm not like... objective at all. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this movie's for everybody. It's definitely funny, but... But I do think that if you're trying to cut your teeth on, like, more, um, like, a, I don't want to say establishment, but it's like, this is something I feel like you should watch and know. Yeah, you, I mean, this is something... no horror. Yeah, I think, think it's great for teenagers. See, like, just falling into it, that whole comic book style rules. Yeah. It's really oh, dark, but it's somewhat safe, but it definitely crosses that line. Yeah. That's actually a really good way to put that. Mm-hmm. I really like Creepshow. Yeah, I do too. What's our next movie? Trick or Treat. Uh-oh. And I was really excited about that because, oh, the smile on your face. Your boy. Your boy Sam is up. Oh, I love Trick or Treat. I know you do. I remember being told about Trick or Treat <laughs> years and years and years ago by another guy named Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the first dude it's I ever Sam knew saga. who had that, like, throwback flat top, like the Fresh Prince. Oh, you told me about so that. So cool. Yeah. I was at a brewing store. He was, like, the assistant. And I, I think I had some random horror t-shirt on. He pulls me aside and he goes, hey. You ever heard of Trick or Treat? <laughs> so it's a cool throwback movie. You should really see it. I wouldn't got it that night. It changed my life. I remember the next time I went to the store, I just gave him that, oh! Yeah. <laughs> like we became like store friends after that. That's like, so sweet. Oh my God, I love Trick or Treat. Like, yeah. What do you think about it? Like, I've been talking a lot. What What are your thoughts on Trick or Treat? Um, I really like Trick or Treat. It's ominous. It feels like the dark version of Hocus Pocus, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, but it also kind of, like, this last time we watched it, I was like, the, the sequencing kind of threw me off a little bit. Like, the... Um, I forget that the timeline jumps a little bit in the middle. Every time I watch yeah. Trick or Treat, I get thrown by the timeline. Exactly. Bit. So around the middle of the movie, you kind of go back like halfway through and you start over basically. And it's not that you start over, it's that you go from another perspective and you kind of find out more about what's going on. I think the story is really well told. I think it's really interesting and I think it's terrifying. Like yeah. it's honestly like they don't really even use like a lot of adults or like super scary concepts but it's a really and plus it like addresses bullying and there's just there's a lot that i think it yeah. does that it's it does really subtly i i love there's a lot a to lot trick or treat. treat yeah a lot more than you would think when you first mm-hmm. watch it too I mean, just aesthetically it's so fun like i think it reminds me it gives me that same feeling as like we were talking about over the garden wall yeah it just makes you feel like fall is here it was yeah. one of the first movies we watched this season because it really just gets you like right in the 
autumn guts. Well, it does that really, I love that scene of any, like, Halloween, and that might be why I brought up Hocus Pocus too. is they do that, that, like, just the ambient sound of, like, a stroller rolling down the street when there's, like, kids crunching leaves and you can hear kids at like each door because they're doing like a pan out shot of like a street with a bunch of kids trick-or-treating in it yeah and there's just something so quintessentially like fall about that that i can't i don't know i just i even when that scene starts even though it's so much darker than a lot of movies that start that way i immediately i'm just like oh it's autumn definitely (laughs) it's really great sam is such a icon too he's become Mm -hmm. one of the new modern icons yeah. Very quickly. Which I really like. He's such just a perfectly designed character. I know this year it feels like all the Spirit Halloween stores are really pushing Trick or Treat, which mm-hmm. I I, mean, I don't think anybody's complaining about. Yeah. We got some really cool stuff for that. Yeah, we which did. Was, I know you were really excited because you were like specifically looking for that theme too. Mm-hmm. So who would you recommend it to? I think it's kind of a nostalgia grab. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. I think it's really the, like, some... If you're trying to really just feel fall, like trying to really get in the spirit of Halloween, I think that's who that's who would really enjoy this. That's I always use that as kind of a kickoff to the season, you know? Yeah, that's a really good that's a good point. I definitely think that about it too. Just because even though Sam himself is really, like later on when you actually like see him, like it's really scary. But that um those weird beginning ambiance yeah, weird pumpkin head. But all the weird ambiance of it is just perfect fall. And I just, I love even to that scene. I think her, is it Rhonda or Wanda? I always do this. I think it's Wanda. Um, All the pumpkins she carves. They only oh, show up so for cool. a second, but there's like this one house that has like hundreds of jack-o'-lanterns at it. And the concept is supposed to be that this girl carved all of them and they're all so cool looking. So I absolutely love that. I carve hundreds of jack-o'-lanterns. I know, me too. But my hands get tired after, like, one. For and I'm real. always... I, seriously, we've done that thing where we've gotten three before, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be super fun. And then after the first one, I'm like... Oh, fuck this. Mm, I don't know. My hands hurt. <laughs> It'll be cute if I just stuck it outside. That's okay. Um, so our next movie on here is, I think, the first one that we watched this year when it was while we were decorating. It's Idle Hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the 90s in a movie. Everything yes. good, everything bad. Mostly Idle Hands rules. Bad. Devin Sawa's in it. Seth Green is in it. The band, The Offspring, is in it. <laughs> I forgot about The um, Offspring. <laughs> oh man, who who? Uh, what's her name is in it too? I don't remember. Um, Alias. Oh yeah, Jessica Alba. Jessica like, Alba. Oh my gosh, she's like the hot next door neighbor who's just like really weirdly freaky for some reason. Remember her lyrics book? Oh god, her lyrics book. And her little barrettes. Her little her little oh, clips so cool. right here. They're so good. So, so Idle Hands, um, I also feel like holds up. I don't know. I, I feel like this is something that you introduced me to. I don't think I'd seen it before we were together. Idle Hands is definitely my guilty pleasure. The first person I ever knew who was as passionate as I was about it was our friend Jamie. Oh, okay. Um, I think she kind of kept that fire alive <laughs> through our teen years. I probably would have gotten too cool for it. If she hadn't been like, no, this is the perfect time capsule of our childhood. Listen to the music and listen to all the problematic shit they're saying. Yeah. And all the ska music. And <laughs> oh, I love it so much. And all the ska music. Yeah, there is honestly a lot that kind of really makes me just like, whoa, these these kids really need to chill. Like, I wish all of them would stop talking right now. But then all, another part of me just like, oh, this is everything. Like, when I was like nine or ten that I like 
hella looked up to that was a time capsule for when, like, my cousins were all teenagers, and that was, like, all the cool shit they were doing. <laughs> I'm just, like, watching this movie, like, this is basically my childhood. Like, oh, Seth, Seth Green said another gay slur. Yeah, that's... It does feel like the 90s, though. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would definitely <laughs> recommend this movie to anybody, but... Yeah, should it's... we put an asterisk next to all these movies that kind of are pretty... I mean, I want you guys to know, too, that, like, we're not advocating a lot of the problematic ideas that are in these movies but we also kind of have to um take everything with a grain of salt when it's made before like the year 2001 i feel like definitely or 2018 like, to be honest oh yeah i don't think <laughs> is definitely a product of its time oh yeah um it's one of my favorite scary movies ever i mean it's definitely a horror comedy i wouldn't call it necessarily scary but it is gory though yeah um <laughs> It's about a kid whose hand gets possessed by a demon, and after he cuts it off, it starts killing people. It's a super fun premise. It's a super 90s premise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Idle well, hands do the devil's work. Is that what it is? Yeah. And that's like the whole movie is premised on that? Yeah. <laughs> and just just to get to see my boy Devin Sawa do his thing for an hour and a yeah, half, it just yeah. makes me miss the 90s. If you could just bottle it up and record it, it yeah. would it would be it would be Idle Hands. Mm-hmm. So who would you recommend Idle Hands to? Anybody I went to high school with. I don't know anybody <laughs> over thirty. Like I mean, it's a so I like have, a time capsule movie. Yeah, it's a time sure. capsule movie. Okay. I haven't shown it to anybody who hasn't liked it, okay. but also like who hasn't also. I'm an it? old dude who's friends with old dudes. So like, <laughs> okay. yeah, all like, right, I'll respect that. Okay, so we're at the point now where we are at our either our honorable mentions or the two that we've kind of been watching. Well, Adam's family we watched a while ago, but we watched Dead Heat today. So we could either talk about what we did today and that, or we could talk about the honorable mentions. Well, I think we should talk about Adam's family first. Like, okay. It's like definitely like a heavy hitter for yeah, us. Yeah, like, Adam's family is our jam. We are an Adam's family house. Oh, we would gladly we feast on those probably. that would subdue us. We would feast on those who would subdue us. I feel like I learned how to love from Gomez and Morticia. I see that a lot in my relationship. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> what did we say last night? Herman Munster in the sheets, Gomez Adams. Oh, wait, Herman Munster in the streets, Gomez Adams in the sheets. Yeah, that's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure it's not so yeah, bad. It's so tight. It is really good. And accurate. Um, so, the older I get, the more I realize Adam's family is dark as shit. I mean, not like the plot, but just there's certain aspects of it that are way darker than you really pick up on as maybe a kid. Okay, and it's really it's funny that you say that because I do think that that's <coughs> something that maybe came up later when because we're talking about the '90s movie right now, but we're also right now watching the original show from what is it the '50s. Yeah, it looks late forties. Yeah, 50s. it's a very it's a it's like when it's still like washed out black and white, um, and I feel like we were saying the opposite of it for that is that it's very not dark and it's really wholesome, and the mm-hmm. movie I feel like is exactly what you're saying. We're like they're still really loving and sweet, but there is something kind of like actually ominous about about the things that they like are used to. There's or a do. finality in a lot of the violence that they're okay with. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> that person's gonna die. And it's just treated still like a kid's show, but also still with death. So that's 
That's the Adams family, I feel yeah. like, basically. And it, honestly, <laughs> if you're listening this late, we don't need to tell you about the dad and damn Adams family. You've seen it. You fucking see the Adams family. We know. Um, dead heat, though, Sam. Oh my god. I feel like we have done humanity a service by discovering dead heat. How have. I've never seen this movie. I've never heard of this movie. We, I don't even know how you found it. I it's on we Shudder like, right now. We were just roaming around on Shudder, I believe. And we watched it this morning. It was just like we woke up kind of early and um, like on weekend mornings, if we have time in the morning, we like to watch a movie or, you know, a TV show or just kind of have some decompression time. Mm-hmm. And that was our choice this morning. And it was honestly, there were just kept being so many perfect, glorious moments that we would just turn to. They were like either perfectly kitschy <coughs> uh, perfectly funny, perfectly dated for the era that the movie was in. They were just all... Perfectly problematic. Perfectly problematic. <laughs> there were just this... 10 out of 10 for me, I absolutely would recommend this to anybody I know. Only because it needs to be seen so more of us can be like, what the fuck? So again, <laughs> it's on Shudder. It's um a buddy cop horror comedy starring Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Where Treat Williams is... <laughs> Roger Mortis! His name, yeah, Roger Mortis in the Roger movie. Mortis. Is murdered in a science lab in the movie. Um, but the movie is predicated on there being this weird... Um, re- resurrection? Resurrect, thank you. Resurrection machine that will only keep you alive... For like 12 hours? It's while... while like rigor mortis and stuff sets in. Yeah, Roger like re- Ro- yeah, Roger Mortis. <laughs> well, Roger Mortis it's like sets while, in. while you're decaying begins, it basically <laughs> it basically does that thing where it kind of just like doesn't let any of that happen, but then all of it happens at once at the end of those twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wacky. It's gnarly too. It gets real soupy real fast. There's yeah, it is sticky and soupy and there's a mist of blood in the air a lot of the time. Basically There's some, like, real-life fucking violence in this movie. But also some of the best one-liners I've ever heard. Yeah. I couldn't... I, I love this movie. This is... From week one, that might be my contender. I, I think my favorite this week, just because it was so unexpected, is Dead Heat. Dead Heat's your, your winner for the week. Jeez Louise. Just Joe yeah, Piscopo. Just flinging around that Uzi. Yeah. The whole movie... <laughs> Ugh. Just snapping off those sexist one-liners the whole time. So good. Oh, I loved it. Who would you recommend Dead Heat? Who would you not recommend Dead Exactly. Heat? I think the question is, who would you not recommend Dead Heat to? Dead Heat to, like, legit, I, the whole time we were watching it, it was one of those things where I just kept being like, I need to get on, I want to tell everybody about this. The because only person I so wouldn't funny. recommend it to is probably my grandma, because yeah. she's a Pentecostal and she doesn't watch movies. Yeah, she would hate it, but everybody else I'd recommend it to. Yeah. Straight up. Even little children, even old people. Yeah, yes. I, that might be a little scary, but I would honestly still do it. It'd be worth it. Lots of cool, like, 80s mutants. Oh, there it. are. I forgot, too. Remember? Okay, so there's this one dude who literally looks like, um, he looks like an optical illusion drawing. Like, his face cloned itself, so it's split down the middle, but it looks like it opened and cloned itself twice on his face. So he, has he has, three like, noses. He has, like, three noses and, like, ridges that look like reflections on his... It's fucking wild. And that's the thing, too. The One of the other reasons I was really, really taken with this movie is it's not... It's, like, an older movie, 
And the effects in it held up. There were so many effects in it that I literally would turn to you like, hey, I'm someone who doesn't like to be grossed out. That is the coolest shit I've ever Mm -hmm. seen in a movie. They just did really innovative things I've never seen before, even. I have to bring up the entire scene where they have to fight off all the cuts of meat in an entire butcher <laughs> shop. Do you remember the liver? Because they were reanimated. Yeah, a liver was smothering Joe Piscopo's face. <laughs> he was trying to suffocate. Um, the chicken they, feet. They had to fight an entire beef carcass. Oh, yeah, the side of beef. Oh, and then there was, like, a whole row of Peking ducks that were already cooked and, like, yeah. skinned, and all of them yeah. were fighting back. And they were also quacking. It was they disturbing. Were, they were they were quacking. I, f- I forgot they were quacking. I'll tell you what, it was quacking me up. Sorry. On that note, we're going to move to our honorable mentions. I'm going to start with Are We Not Cats? Because I want to cheer myself up with Over the Garden Wall. So I, this was one that I did not watch. I had, a, I had a girls' night last night, and I went to go see some friends. Or no, it wasn't last night. But there was another point this week when I had, like, a work thing, and Sam watched this movie because it's very specifically, it seems like very much what I would, like, what would make me throw up. Like, I would not want to yeah. watch. I think it's, like, a hair body horror. Anyway, it's called Are We Not Cats? And Sam is going to tell us about it's it. It's very indie, very washed out. It's not super linear. It's a really, it's a cool movie. It's definitely the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's about a guy who gets fired from his job with trichotillomania, who he pulls hair out convulsively and he eats it. Um, he ends up having an adventure and starting a relationship in this one night with a girl who sort of has the opposite and she just habitually eats hair. (laughs) Um, the movie dies with him having to cut a hairball out of her. Yeah, it's it's bad. Oh, I'm done because I'm my wife's gonna puke. Yeah, I like um, I like my office. I'm gonna. <laughs> no, I'm literally like fighting back a gag reflex I'm so right sorry. now. I'm sorry. If you can hang, <gasps> it's sort of worth watching. Like I've said to a few of my friends, though. Um, I'm gonna plug my ears. It's no, no, no. You can listen to this. It's very nice. It's very troubled white dude finds manic pixie and arrives. Yeah, that's a whole different type of puke. It's a whole different kind of guy. Um, if you can hang with that oh, type of sorry, arch- so that 90s type of storytelling. I'm so sorry. I can't. Um, yeah. Watch Are We Not Cats? Unless you're Dana, uh, then don't. <laughs> okay. Let's um, talk about Over the Garden Wall. Over the Garden Wall. Uh, one of the most beautiful, cheerful, whimsical. I'm really trying to take myself over the garden wall right now because yeah. I'm going to throw up. Um, no, we the- talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode, <laughs> but we just I think we just really wanted to re- I just emphasize wanna... how good this is. Yeah, I really want to sing the praises of this show and of the dear friend who recommended it to us. Um, Amy's always been a really great resource, not just of just general support, but she just knows a lot about really great media and really great creators, and she's just such a huge advocate for the arts, not just in Sacramento, but basically in every level of her life. Um, she recommended it to us, and it is... I feel like Over the Garden Wall embodies exactly like what Amy's heart would recommend to you. Oh, totally. Does that make sense? Just because in the sense that it's just very, like, um, it reminds me of Adult Swim, 
in the, the sense that it's like wacky and hilarious, but it's also so heartwarming and it's so pretty and the animation is just so moving. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how to begin to describe it. I, it reminds me so much of just like, yeah, modern, like Adult Swim, modern Cartoon Network, but mixed with the dancing skeleton cartoons from the 1930s. Yeah. like so It's so fun. The intro music is playing in my head and I literally feel myself like getting happier. Just drifting away. Yes, literally, because yeah. there's just that scene with the, the autumn leaves like blowing away and his voice starts singing this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so happy just thinking about it. We were watching it the other night and we looked outside and it was dark at seven and it it was just so sweet we really both enjoyed it if you haven't decorated yet for fall or if you haven't had like an afternoon or like a lazy evening like at home where you and I don't want to call it lazy I want to call it cozy where you just kind of like either just stay around and you know just like watch something or you are decorating I feel like this is something really great to just have on in the background or to just sit down and watch if you need some comfort because it's it's so sweet, and it's yeah. such a cute story. It's about these two little brothers who they are just trying to find their way back home, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a really cute story. It's not even, it's like low stakes. There's nothing super intense about it. Elijah it's, Wood's one of the brothers. Oh, yeah, Elijah Wood's one of the brothers. I forgot about that. And it's like just spooky enough that you're still in the Halloween mood, mm-hmm. but it's like very, it's just heartwarming. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Me too. Who would you recommend that to? I feel like I'd recommend that to everybody. Literally everybody. I want every person on the planet to watch that. I've been trying to hustle my little cousins for information about whether they watched it or not. They're all like... They're all just like... Seven. Like, yeah, I sort of saw it, I guess. It's weird. (laughs) 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 I was like this adult man crying over it. I love it. I don't really care. I'm going to keep pushing it until they all watch it. And if they Mm -hmm. don't, I'm going to make them watch it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so, did we make it through our list this week? Um, we made it through all of our movies this week. The only thing that I have written down um, was to make sure that we touch base and check in um, every week this month so that we can keep up with our movies. Because I know you have stacks out there. Oh, yeah. There's a whole stack. Um, there's a ton on Shutter. Any recommendations any of you guys have? Yeah. Hit us up at Weird Vibes Pod on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um... Also, speaking of empires, I don't know exactly when this is going out, but I'm going to be doing a month-long art show at Empires. Um, so come hit up the Catguts wall, I guess, at Empires Comics all through December. I know yes. that's still a month or two away, but just oh, we'll be talking it out about there. that for sure. I think honestly, sometime we should just do um, a Catguts episode and touch base with you on what you're doing because I think that would be really good. That'd be super. Um, Empires is a really great resource, and I'm really excited to have your show there. It's gonna be really fun. Oh yeah, I'm really excited. So um, about that'll that. you'll probably be doing an artist reception in like early December then, like yeah. the first night of that. So we'll definitely touch base about that when we get closer to it. Um, I do know for the rest of the month we're going to be doing these movies and we did have a question that we wanted to pose Mm -hmm. to all of our weird vibers. We want to know what you think. We're probably going to put this up as a poll too, but um, answer us at Weird Vibes Pod on Instagram or Weird Vibes Pod on Twitter and you can answer what Sam's about to ask you. All right, everybody. I've had a lot of problems with this. I'm having trouble with it. Dan is having trouble with it. Everyone I know. I feel pretty settled. I feel pretty settled. Put your thinking caps on, everybody. Is Big Trouble in Little China a horror movie? I'll let that sit for a minute. Yeah. Let it it really seep in, because you think you know the answer, but just... Honestly, what we recommend is going back to watch it before you answer, because 
there's a lot more dynamic to this question than you think there is. Don't just say yes because you love Kurt Russell. Don't just say no because you love Kurt Russell. <laughs> I know it was made by John Carpenter, but there's a lot at play here. There is a lot at play. There's a lot at stake here, too, so take this seriously. All right, Vibers, you have a lot to think about. So, until next time, I want all you creepies and weirdos to not get cooked by, you know what, just don't become a turkey. Don't get, don't. Because turkeys get cooked. Bye, everybody.